0: Let's just get right into what the people of the Babel section want. Yeah, Babel section. I just made it up. Ralph, what's your reaction to Orange Cassidy
1: winning the All-Atlantic Championship to close out AEW Dynamite this week? In, in one word, fitting. An individual who is uh, at least insignificant to me in my existence winning an insignificant title that has not been positioned to feel special. In all seriousness... This is a title that's it's fitting of him. Look, because at the end of the day, he's he's beloved by, I would say, ninety nine point five, if not ninety nine point nine percent of the AW fan base. I always said he was a good wrestler, and I still say that to this day. Do I agree with his character? Do I get the character? Do I like the character? It's not for me, but he has his place. This isn't like he went out and won the world championship. This is like equivalent to like back in the day. I don't know. Some guys would win like a hardcore championship or a lightweight championship. He's or got a European gold. title, a European. T- it's not it's not the most prestigious of titles. It hasn't been made to feel that prestigious. Do I think that pack is capable of much more? Do I think that I do? I wish that they did more with him. Yeah, because honestly, at the end of the day, much of what people are saying about Orange Cassidy winning his first, uh, I believe, title ever in AW, his first singles title at the very least, They were saying that about pack. Everyone was really excited. They were like, oh my God, this guy, uh, he had a ton of potential. He was there from pretty much the start. Um, He's going to do something. Few title defenses, nothing really memorable that at least I can think of, you know, and now Orange Cassidy will get his opportunity to run with it. So I don't hate it, but I don't have to hate it because I think this is a title that's fitting of where he currently is on the roster. And that's as nice as I'm going to be about it. Well, I, I thought you were going to
0: really grill into this and feel like,
1: you know, because a lot of
0: people feel like you just hate Orange Cassidy and you're one of the Orange Cassidy haters and just want to just bash him for everything that he does. But I agree with a lot of what you're saying. The Atlantic Championship has not been positioned well. In fact, how many defenses has Peck had? He had four defenses, I believe, including this one that he lost to Orange Cassidy. Only one was on Dynamite. One Mm. was on the buy-in with Kip Sabian. And then two were on independent promotions across seas that, yeah, they got touched upon on AEW Dynamite. But would you really call this a great first title reign for this championship? Not really. Orange Cassidy, I, I think, is a very popular wrestler in AEW. A lot of fans love him. I think some people overrate him and try to say he's a main eventer, a top guy. You know, yes, he sells merch. Yes, fans love him. Yes, you know, he had drawn ratings before in previous segments that he was a part of. But you look at 2022, and while there are times where he was injured, so he wasn't on TV during that time, but his stock has dropped since the likes of Brian Danielson. CM Punk, and many others have come to AEW, Adam Cole as well, and his stock has slowly declined, 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 and this All-Atlantic Championship win felt like more, to me, felt like more they were trying to do something to close out the show in a feel-good moment for a very important AEW Dynamite show, having it be the first international show. There (laughs) There was no build to this. There was no chase for this, really. I mean, yeah, there was some story to it, And we know the rivalry between Orange Cassidy and Pac throughout the years in AEW and their short tenure of being a company. But this could have been even bigger if you had him do a chase with this. There was not really a chase for this title. The title was barely on TV. And I I think while it's a great moment, I felt like this was a time where they just made a moment to make a moment.
1: Yeah, and you know, I guess just to make it uh, equate it's a something uh, I, I said something very similar about Liv Morgan when she won the title. I felt like, you know, she definitely has her fan base very much like Orange Cassidy. And if I you know, honestly Orange Cassidy probably has a more uh, loyal vocal fan base, Um, he gets a reaction. He sells merch, all of those things. It, it just felt like. There was no build to this. Could they have built it up over the, pa- the course of the past couple of weeks? H- had they actually established this title? Sure, it would have meant more. I mean, when a title means more and, you know, they go on like a long title reign with a bunch of defenses when somebody beats them, I think that now is a much more meaningful win. Um, they do have history, but I would challenge anybody to to try and say that, um, you know, hey, this was this was uh, building up to a point. Just because they had one match or two matches a long time ago that just so happened to be on a pay-per-view and then they magically have a rematch like six months later, that doesn't mean they built towards this moment. It was convenient for them to do this and have Orange Cassidy win because they had a backstory to it, but they certainly didn't build towards this. I definitely agree. They definitely just kind of had him win for the sake of winning, I think, because, you know, it's, it's newsworthy. It, he's a big social media guy. Him winning that will probably get a, a shared a bunch all over social media and views and everything else. Mm-hmm. Is it going to mean anything next week? I, I don't know. I don't even know. Forge cat Cass- pack won that title. And I think he was on dynamite once. So granted, I don't know what they intended.
0: It was in a title defense against orange Cassidy. And they did play some of the story from the previous match into this match with the hammer. And I thought there was some good storytelling with that. And The match was good and Pac sold the hell for Orange Cassidy. And I felt like it was, for the most part, logical. I don't think it was the same as when Orange Cassidy did a beach break on on Wardlow with no effort whatsoever. But this I thought was a a very good match between the two. And they have great chemistry together. And it's one of the better in ring rivalries in AEW. Because when they do have matches, they always, you know, they always deliver. But having a match where Pac cheated, what was that, two weeks ago? And then this is the follow-up to it? I, I, like Again, I don't think that's necessarily a build to this championship. Let Orange Cassidy chase it. And who knows? Maybe you know him defending this title on TV more kind of negates that whole no chasing it. But we see this in pro wrestling all the time. Baby faces win the title. They get the big moment. And then it's now what? It's not just an AEW thing, although we have seen it with the likes of Wardlow and F.T.R., but this is Orange Cassidy's time. He's going to get TV time with this title. He's got to get storylines with this title. You can say the rumor of, I know people are speculating, um, Ethan Page is going to be the one that chases him first or goes after him first. That's a guy that hasn't been on TV a lot, (laughs) you know, so. It would be nice to have a storyline with orange casting, some character development with him at the same time, Ethan page actually get on television and that just cut
1: a promo on why he's never on television. Well, that whole segment, when was that? Uh, that had to have been three weeks to a month ago where they had the whole firm in the ring. Everyone declared all the titles they were going to chase. And I, I correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think that the ass boys certainly aren't chasing the tag titles, at least from what we've seen yet. Well, they're going after FTR. There was the storyline with FTR. Are they the tag champions? They are not. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. We're going off track here. I mean, there's a million different ways I could go about this. But um, yeah, I think their biggest issue, and this probably highlights it, was this a cool moment? If you're an AEW loyal fan, yes. You're going to be able to see through... All the criticism we just say said and say this was this was great. It was an amazing moment, and to some people, it may be amazing. Um, was it logical? I don't know. I they certainly didn't build it up. Um, there's probably a little logic. There's a little backstory, but um, this kind of exemplifies everything that sometimes we're critical of with AW. Things mm-hmm. happen. Uh, some certain storylines are spotty. Some are very good. We're going to talk about one late a little later. Um, But some of them tend to be very spotty spread out over the long course of a long period of time with large gaps in between. And that to me is not long-term storytelling or long-term booking. It's just convenient booking. We'll touch on it one week. We'll skip ahead four weeks from now, then revisit it. I don't know.
0: Right now we have seen long-term storytelling in AEW. I think one of the better executions of long-term storytelling as of late Has been the story of Daniel Garcia. Is he a pro wrestler? Is he a sports entertainer? Is he going to side with Danielson? Is he going to side with Jericho? Well, we had the third installment of Chris Jericho versus Brian Danielson on Dynamite this week. This time for the Ring of Honor Championship. Chris Jericho is about to hit Brian Danielson with the ROH Championship before Daniel Garcia comes out. Takes the title from his hands. Pushes Chris Jericho out of the way. But then hits brian danielson with that title and chris jericho eventually covers him for the victory and a lot of people are saying oh he daniel garcia turns on brian danielson and rejoins the jericho appreciation society but you look at his face and you look at his mannerisms it doesn't look like daniel garcia is full on with jericho appreciation society it's more yes he turned on brian danielson but I think there's more to this story and another layer that's going to get added on with some follow-up in the coming weeks where perhaps we get, dare I say, a triple threat match for the Ring
1: of Honor Championship between Chris Jericho, Brian Danielson, and a conflicted Daniel Garcia. Whether you like it, you dislike it. This is one of the storylines that they're putting a lot of investment in. That's that's for sure. Um you know, are there, are there things that I'm concerned about? Yeah. I mean, obviously I have concerns that (laughs) Brian Danielson took yet another pin last night, who is probably, you know, when you look at the lay of the land in AEW, in my mind, you got John Moxley, you had CM Punk, Adam Cole is out with injury, I believe still. And then I thought Brian Danielson has, was going to be one of the top. I I don't think Brian Danielson's not a top guy. But he loses he's losing a whole hell of a lot for somebody who is supposed to be a top guy. Right. Um and and what is the point of all of this? It's all for the sake of getting Daniel Garcia over. I mean, at Which some is not point bad are we a thing
0: though. That's it's not, not a bad, a bad
1: thing. thing. It's not a bad thing. But here's here's my problem with it, okay? I was thinking about this because I, I was a guy that was never a big Sami Zayn guy. I never got it. I was like, there's nothing there. Ironically enough, I felt like he was generic. And I say it's ironic because he's literally El Generico, right? Mm-hmm. Um, He has come from out of nowhere. But I think sometimes wrestling is weird because when a guy gets forced down your throat really fast, like it's Roman Reigns, it's, you know, a guy like that who's going to get The rocket strapped to his ass and shot to the moon, and he's young and people are like he's not ready and all this stuff. We're quick to point it out. Um, when they put a guy on the back burner, like a Sami Zayn or uh, a Ricochet, somebody like that, we're critical of WWE and we say they're wasting him. They're wasting him. They're wasting him. When in reality, sometimes it's you have to actually wait. You have to let. You're Italian, man. If you cook a quick sauce, is it going to be as good as a sauce that you let sit and cook and marinate and all the spices and everything come together? No. So what I mean by this is in wrestling, sometimes the most important thing is the character aspect of it. That's the Mm -hmm. hardest part for people to get. I think sometimes people go up and down. They have big moments. They have small moments. They hit a peaks. Uh, you can look at Jungle Boy. I think that's a good example. He had one really good promo. We were like, okay, this is great. He may have arrived. He may be onto something. He's been kind of da- on the downturn. MJF is the exact opposite of that. Um, he's He was on a rocket ship. He proved he can do it week in, week out. He's proven himself to be a top guy. Now, where I'm going with this is here. I think as fans, sometimes we say, okay, they're wasting somebody like a Sami Zayn. Well, maybe it's not they're wasting him. Maybe it's WWE knows, like the higher-ups know, the people who have experience like let him find his way let's not rush it let's let him find his path and with Sami Zayn, i was 100 percent wrong on him like mm-hmm. that guy can find his path now that's what i worry about with daniel garcia because when i look at him i see a guy that's to most people probably going to be considered undersized yep. good in the ring um but he's like there's no i don't see like an it factor and are they pushing this guy to the moon? Is this all going to be to try and just force Daniel Garcia or even a Wheeler Yuta into a spot that they're not ready for character wise, not saying they can't wrestle, not saying they're not beloved for their, their work rate, but when it comes time for him to hold that ring of honor title, which Tony Khan touched on this in his interview, with Ariel Hawani, they're trying to get TV. They need people to, they need a guy to hold that title that they can convince to get them on TV, if Daniel Garcia is going to be that guy, that's going to beat either a uh, uh, Chris Jericho or a Brian Danielson, is he going to have that character when it's t- time to to carry that title? Because that's the hard part in wrestling. There's a million good wrestlers, so that's my point on this. He, they're pushing him and they're pushing him strong. Is it going to be worth it at the end of it? And I don't know. I don't see. I haven't seen a character aspect of Daniel Garcia that makes me look at him and say, that's a guy I could look at MJF any night and be like, absolutely without hesitation.
0: You don't see that there's been improvement though, with the character of Daniel Garcia through this whole thing though. Cause I I feel like this whole storyline, you actually have seen him work a character and this whole conflicted. Yes. Brian Danielson is my hero, but Chris Jericho is my mentor and he, got me TV time and big matches. And I won main events on AEW Dynamite because of the Jericho Appreciation Society. And you could see the conflict in his face. And, you know, his promos, he gets a little bit more confident when he's on the mic now. I've
1: definitely seen okay. that at least in the last, say, four to six weeks. I will compare it again. I will compare it to Sami Zayn. Okay. Okay. You saw the segment on Raw. Yep. Correct? Yep. Um. Was there... Anybody else, including Roman Reigns in that ring during that segment that stood out more so than him? Or was there anything anything more compelling this week in wrestling? Any segments that left you like remembering this other than Bray Wyatt's return? Or was that probably the thing that you were like, dude, Sammy's got it. Like there's something there.
0: For WWE, definitely. AEW might talk about the Hangman Page promo. And I do want to talk okay, about that's, that.
1: Okay. So let's draw that comparison then because I'll, we'll go with AEW to AEW comparison because I know people get upset. Oh, you're comparing WWE. Okay. Hangman page that segment, you could walk away from that segment and be like, hangman page pulled his weight in that that's John Moxley. Mm-hmm. And that's a guy that's known to have good segments and good promos and everything else, but hangman page more than delivered in that. And you know what? I walk away from that being like, that's great. Now with Daniel Garcia playing his part, well, the facials, the the being distraught, not knowing it. I get it. I'm not saying that it's not a compelling story. I'm not saying I don't get where they're going with it. I'm just saying, like, is it is it just like the guy in the right spot, right spot at the right time? Or is it like him actually the guy that's being the compelling character? Jericho, to me, is the, the compelling guy in all of this. He's the storyteller. He's the puppet master. He's the guy that's going to go out and cut the promo that's going to make you want to watch next week and the week after. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen that from Daniel Garcia. I've seen the facials, and I've seen all that other stuff that you just talked about. Can Daniel Garcia be that Can he be a Chris Jericho? I don't know. That's right. my concern with this whole thing.
0: Right. No, I, I agree with you. I think time will tell on whether or not Garcia can develop a character that people can gravitate towards and be, I don't want to say Jericho level, because Jericho is a guy that has changed his character so many times and just adapts with the times and when it comes to reinventing himself he really is the goat you know so i don't know if garcia ever gets to that level
1: but But isn't that the point isn't that the isn't isn't that isn't that enough right there to tell you like for the amount of investment that you're putting in this storyline, if you're, if you're Tony Khan and you have the slightest bit of doubt, or you're unsure that he can't do what Chris Jericho can do, is it worth it right now to have this guy on TV weekly and maybe the, problem, the most the prominent? Problem
0: is, the problem is you have Chris Jericho in that storyline. And like I said, can reinvent himself and his character time and time and time again. That even if you have like say a CM Punk or a John Moxley in the storyline, he's still the focal point in the storyline. Yeah, regardless. I agree.
1: Yeah, so
0: I, I think it's kind of unfair to say by having Garcia never getting to that level that you have your doubts of him at the, you know getting to that level at some point. You know what I'm saying? I just feel like you need a little patience. I've seen the improvement, and I think this probably is one of, if not the most compelling storyline in AEW right now. You did bring up the Hangman Page and Jon Moxley saying, or I brought it up, but I did want to touch on this a little bit. It wasn't originally in our, our script, our rundown, but I definitely want to touch on this because it was a very, very good promo from Hangman Page. And as you said, he lifted his own weight in this segment, made you care. In fact, I actually have a clip of...
1: The, the promo in case everybody
0: missed it. So here it is.
1: I'm a man. I'm 40. <laughs> that used to be my, uh when I got a text message. <laughs> yeah. Not that, a kid.
0: Like, Come after me. Yep. So, so It's then, garbage. So he's cutting this very passionate promo, you know, where, you know, even medications aren't working. He's so out of it right now because his friends are gone and they're slowly leaving from dark order. Then you have, his old friends just disappearing in the elite and he gets beat down, choked out, whatever the case may be, but he keeps coming back and he punches himself in the face and calls himself a man because that's what he does. He's hangman page. He's going to come back no matter what. And you could see a moment after he punches himself like four or five times. And you could see the welt just growing on his forehead. Immediately John Moxley gives him a look, right? And telepathically I'm, I'm, I see Moxley asking Hangman Page, what are you doing? And Hangman Page responds telepathically. I'm kicking my ass, steve <laughs> i I'm sorry. It was, it was a very, very good promo, but when Hangman Page punched himself in the face, I, I watched it like three times and just laughed my ass off. Like, I know it's a serious moment, but that was hilarious. <laughs> Just seeing him punch himself in the face. <laughs> I mean, but it, it was a good segment, but I will say it was kind of ruined by the fact that MJF was watching this whole thing from the press box. The crowd was watching him and the crowd was chanting MJF. And as soon as I heard the MJF chant, I'm like, it's ruined. This was probably intended to get everyone behind Hangman and everyone's just focused on MJF.
1: So Dude, they want MJF. I said this what was this three or four weeks. They want him to be a babyface so bad. And they're teasing it. They're teasing it. Mm-hmm. I think MJF is doing a really good job at kind of not really picking a lane just yet, so to speak. Um, but yeah, no, I I, I definitely the the presence of MJF definitely took the fans out of this it took a i wouldn't say it ruined it i thought uh hangman did a great job i thought Moxley did a a good job i i thought i never really understood when people said that hangman page was not a compelling champion could he have better could he have had better feuds yes but i don't think that's at the fault of him i think just that's tony khan's the guy that books whoever he faces Correct. like hangman's the guy that goes out there and just Makes the best of the moment, like he does here. So, I never really understood why people said he didn't have a great uh, uh, title run or he's not championship material. Because I mean, I I've always liked him. Right. Um,
0: the problem, this segment, like you said, very good. Like you Go said, ahead. the problem the problem was Tony Khan wasn't pushing him as the AEW World Champion to be the face of AEW. And when you do that, yeah. regardless of the promotion, we've seen this. Time and time again with WWE 2 where a guy wins the top championship but he's not really the top guy. It, the reign kind of the, the reign doesn't feel as strong. That's what we got here with Hangman Page in his first title reign. That can easily be fixed with a strong chase and him winning the title. I think that Moxley wins In Cincinnati next Tuesday And then MJF cashes in and beats Moxley To set up that match at full gear But in the meantime Hangman Page starts the chase For after full gear And perhaps wins it at Revolution Against MJF That's where I think that's going So As hilarious as I find Hangman Page punching himself in the face This was a good Segment ruined by MJF Unfortunately
1: but Ru- ruined you think i'm harsh ruined you yeah. think he ruined the segment i think yes. he took away from the importance of it well Feel bad for gang, man that kind of ruins
0: it because uh, you, the folk the goal of that segment at least how i see it maybe i'm wrong maybe the goal was to get mjf cheered or whatever but the goal of that that segment was to get people invested in Hangman page versus John Moxley and people getting behind John Moxley or behind hangman page to be
1: John Moxley. But instead they're skipping the match and waiting for MJF to cash in after the match is over. I thought the point of the segment was for uh, hangman page, to, to make a proclamation that he's a, he's a man doesn't matter because the
0: fans are watching MJF eat popcorn, watching them talk about why hangman page is a man. This was still a very newsworthy episode of AEW dynamite with some debuts and some returns. We find out that on the opening segment of the show, that Renee Paquette, formerly Renee Young in WWE, has signed with AEW and got a big ovation in front of the Toronto crowd, hometown crowd. And then also another fellow Canadian in Sean Spears returns in a segment with Warjo, FTR. So what'd you think of the the debut of Renee Paquette and the return of Sean Spears?
1: Uh, definitely didn't see Sean Spears making his return only because I think he's having a child very soon. Him and, uh, what's her name? Peyton Royce. Yeah. God, she's been gone for so long. I forgot her name. Uh, but yeah, so they're, they're, they're expecting, but, um, with Renee instant, I felt like as soon as she came out, it was like instant credibility. Better than better than uh, Marvez, Benny of the uh, other one. Uh, better than Tony Schiavone. Like, I don't know. I, I don't know. I can put my finger on it. just felt like hey, it's because she looked smoking, but uh, that <laughs> could be it. But uh, sorry. I know, she does
0: look better with the long hair, I will say. But
1: I was never really a, a huge fan of hers. But uh, no, she she was great last night. So, yeah, that wasn't the only
0: return we got this week in pro wrestling, Ralph. We've, we got a couple returns in WWE. Obviously, the big one, Bray Wyatt at Extreme Rules. We got the return of Brock Lesnar on WWE Raw attacking Bobby Lashley. And also the return of the Good Brothers in WWE. So, obviously, Bray Wyatt was the biggest return. Got the biggest pop. Some are even calling it the one of, if not the best return in WWE history. But outside of that one, which return were you more surprised about? more excited for and thought was better executed between the good brothers and Brock Lesnar. Oh, come on.
1: Well, for, I'll say this much. Um, good brothers. Are they officially signed? Or is this a forbidden door type scenario that I don't know because that, that would be very interesting because Carl Anderson has a very high profiled match coming up. Does he not with uh, is it thing? A little whatever. Tinkaleo.
0: He's so He's defending. He's defending the Never open weight Championship against Hikaleo uh, November 5th, I believe, is the show Okay. for New Japan Pro Wrestling. So he could just be dropping the title and then they're full-time WWE, or he holds on to that title, maybe even goes to Wrestle Kingdom, and maybe you're right. And this is a forbidden door opportunity with WWE and New Japan Pro
1: Wrestling. That's kind of what I'm thinking. Like, maybe this is just for AJ and AJ and the Good Brothers to go against the Judgment Day and then... They'll be gone after that. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I was never huge fans of them. I do think it's cool. I Look, it doesn't matter who it is. And it, nobody's going to admit this, but returns, debuts, it's going to get a reaction. No right. matter what. It doesn't matter who it is. So yep. uh, they got a big pop initially, even though they really didn't do a whole lot when they were there in their first run. I know a lot, a lot of people are huge fans of them. Um, it was for a cool moment. But honestly, you can't compare them to Brock. Brock is Brock is Brock. <laughs> so having him come out, especially in New York, it's always fun. Do you believe And it the, was cowboy Brock? Right. Do you believe the report that the reason Brock Lesnar came back was as a make good because Bray Wyatt wasn't going to be on that raw? I didn't see that report. I also wouldn't believe that because of the I, I remember reading a couple maybe a few weeks ago that Brock was going to go against Bobby Lashley in Saudi Arabia. So, Mm -hmm. and obviously that's
0: what that seems like the reason he returned, right? He attacks Bobby Lashley, Bobby Lashley then drops the United States championship minutes later to Seth Rollins, who becomes now the second ever two time grand slam champion in WWE history. Obviously the first being the Miz Seth Rollins wins the United States championship in a match against Bobby Lashley. And this is a feel-good moment for a lot of Seth Rollins fans because this is the first title he's held in nearly a 1,000 days. Crazy. Seems like a long time for him to not have a championship around his waist, whether it's a tag team, a heavyweight, or one of the mid-card titles. But just helping solidify what a great year Seth Rollins is having in 2022, despite not having big wins in pay-per-views. You know, he's lost almost every pay-per-view match, I believe, this year, with the exception of Clash of the Castle, which he beat Riddle, and then the win against Roman Reigns at Royal Rumble by disqualification. So, in a way, he's having one of the best years in pro wrestling, despite the fact that he doesn't win these big matches. And I think this U.S. title win kind of solidifies that.
1: Yeah, and it kind of goes to show you, like, the unique position WWE is in right now, because when you look at some of their most over guys are the guys that are doing so well, not Well, they don't all have ch- Owens, Sammy mm-hmm. Zane and uh, Seth. Well, Seth does now, but you know, so, uh, but I think obviously good for Seth. We'll see what happens with Lashley and Lesnar. Um, well, deserved for Seth, obviously, you
0: know, a lot of, the only people- thing that
1: concerns me about is what, when, when Cody comes back, is this like a thing? Okay. He's going to go towards that title. I don't know.
0: If Cody comes back, he's going after the U.S. title. Does that necessarily, does that confirm The Rock is going to be facing Roman at WrestleMania? And that's the only match Roman has at WrestleMania.
1: Look, imagine a situation where Cody returns at the Rumble. Cody and Seth eliminate each other. They continue to feud. They decide to feud over the U.S. championship going into WrestleMania, what have you. Sami Zayn wins the Rumble by fluke. They build the tension between him and Roman. It's almost treated as a joke. Rock's a special guest referee, Sammy, beats him. There he could cash in the next night. But oh, my God, that pop would be massive. I'm more confident that Triple H would do it than I than I'd ever be that Vince McMahon would do it. I just don't know if Sami Zayn would ever.
0: If that happened, not to make an AEW WWE comparison, but wouldn't that be the same as Orange Cassidy winning the All Atlantic Championship to close out AEW Dynamite,
1: but on a much bigger scale? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> You just want me to say something bad about Orange Cassidy. I don't want you to. I'm not going to compare Orange Cassidy and Sami Zayn. <laughs> what do you want me to compare? Did you see how Raw opened? Did you see the way he was Did able to command Dynamite that crowd? Closed? I oh, didn't see Confetti please. and Sami Zayn's opening segment. Yeah, yeah I know. I remember when Takamichi Noku won the lightweight title, too. <laughs> there you go. There's your equivalence.
0: <laughs> oh, Thanks for listening to this episode of the Squared Circle Psycho Babble. If you liked what you heard and you're listening on either iTunes or Spotify, make sure you give us a five star review to help spread the word. And we'll see you on the next episode of the Squared Circle Psycho Babble.